Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we can finally play with listeners on PlayStation 4. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be going through the news from the week, uh, including a retrospective on Donkey Kong 64. And then on Thursday, part three and the finale of our best Nintendo music tournament. Oh, man. Keep us in your thoughts. Please, because, look, it's going to come to blows, I think. In the meantime, Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Patrick? Uh, I'm doing very well. Thank you. As uh, nervous as I am yes. for uh, the finale of our tournament, I've got to say I'm really excited, too. As of this recording, we have not yet made any determinations. That's right. I mean, the little peek behind the curtain is that we recorded parts one and two back to back. And by the end of it, we did not want to see each other or listen to another note of music ever again. No, so we had to take a long break. Uh-huh. We've now taken that break. And whatever comes next is a mystery to us still. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to, to see what's going to happen. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Um, also, if you're interested in what's going to happen in Sonic Forces, you can borrow my copy of it for the Nintendo Switch. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail with a mailing address. I send it to you. You send it back. It is as easy as that costs you. Nothing. Nothing. Also, thank you to everyone who's been leaving us reviews, wherever you leave us reviews. This past week, somebody, an anonymous person, left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which is a great time to remind people that you don't have to actually technically write us a review. Oh, interesting. You can just leave us a five-star review. Yeah, but if there are like a couple words in there, like, I, I mean, if, if, they're just, if there's any word in there... I'm happy. Look, I agree with Patrick. Right. Word good. Word good. Yeah. No word. Also good. Also great. Perhaps less good. We don't really know. I don't know about also great. <laughs> Either one is fine with me. Sure. Right. We appreciate it. We are trying to get up to 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts by the end of the year. Uh, so any uh, any anyone that can do that, uh, you know, we we love it. Thank you very much for reviewing. Mark, are you ready to get into what we've been playing this week? Yeah, let's do it. It should come as no surprise to you that I continue to play Dragon Quest XI S Echoes of the Lose of Age, Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. Um, it's uh, still just a really great game, and I uh, don't really have too much more to say about uh about it at this moment i will con i will bring it up every week uh until i'm done i think which might be a long time from now um but uh i we put out sort of a call last week to be like hey what other dragon quest games should i either be playing now or should i play when um, i'm done with 11 um and got an email from listener dustin who uh actually recently came into a copy of dragon quest 9 and offered to send it. Thank you, Dustin. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I will give it a good home and uh, play a DS game on my 3DS, which has never had a DS game in it. So it's, the, it's breaking a seal on this one. 
Um, but I'm excited to play that. Also, I uh, got a message from um, Paul at Paul C. Pace on Twitter. Um, first suggesting Dragon Quest 1. Uh, and I was like, hey, I've already played Dragon Quest 1. I thought it was called Dragon Warrior at the time. <laughs> it was on the NES, and I barely understood what I was doing, but I played it. Uh, so then he went ahead and uh, recommended Dragon Quest 3. So now I've got three games to play um, in front of me. And I don't, you know, I, it's going to be a year before I get through 11. Yeah, I'm really excited for you to play 9. I really like that game. It's made to be kind of like an MMO you can play online with people. I never played it that way, yeah. even when I was playing it back on the DS. And I still really enjoyed it. So um, I think you can still have a fun experience, even though maybe the optimal way to do it would have been uh, to play it online with other people. The thing that will... It'll be interesting to me to see how you like the structure of it because it is a little different from a traditional Dragon Quest game because it is designed with multiplayer in mind. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am so happy that you are enjoying Dragon Quest. Yes. So that way uh, you can go back and like experience some of the other games. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very excited about that too. Um, I'm a little bit worried because most like... Uh, best Dragon Quest games list that have come out since 11 was uh, released, put 11 at the top. Um, so I'm a little bit worried that I'm experiencing like the cream of the crop first. Mm. And then like everything is, it's all going to be diminishing returns plus being old games. Yeah. yeah there's I, always a little bit of that hurdle of like an older game. Old game is old, right? Yeah. Um, Especially, like, I, it will be interesting. I have not gone back to, like, a DS game for a long time. Yeah, So I'm, I'm not re really sure how some of that stuff holds up. But I don't know. I, I think of the first time I saw the original Halloween movie. And, you know, it was definitely not the first horror movie that I had seen. But you can still go back and see how, like, oh, wow, it set such a template. Right? It's still, like, mm -hmm. an amazing piece of work, even though it has been maybe theoretically improved on in other horror movies since then. I think the same could be said for Dragon Quest. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and I mean, having an appreciation for something uh, beyond, like, playing it for just, like, the pure fun of it is, is also fun and interesting. Well, the too. other thing that I think will be interesting is that I, um, I think a reason that people like Dragon Quest Eleven is because it pays homage to so much that went before. Yeah. And so I actually wonder maybe if your experience will be enhanced since you're doing it backwards. Where, like, some of the stuff that maybe you thought was, like, nice or didn't even really notice in Dragon Quest Eleven will, like, you, you will recognize it when you're playing See, now that's, the that's, earlier games. I feel like that's part of the thing that I was already experiencing from having played the original Dragon Quest. Because some of the things that I thought were cute, like the, um, like, uh, level up music um and like just little re reward music like opening a, uh, a treasure chest or the sound effect of walking downstairs all of that is just directly lifted from the original dragon quest on the nes and like reused in every single game after right um and also just like the charming design of the enemies like i've already seen a a, a wyvern i've already seen the slime i've already seen the golems you know um golems golems not golem <laughs> Although that would be fun. Man, if Smeagol showed up in this thing, I'd love it. Uh, yeah, that could be true. You could hate the rest of these games. Yeah. That's <laughs> totally possible. Not the inevitable path I meant to be marching us down is that I will hate all of these experiences. Um, so I've been playing Pokemon Shield. Uh -huh. uh, I just beat the third gym, which um, in Shield anyways is the fire gym. It's I don't the same, It's the same in Sword. Oh, okay. 
Um, I am really enjoying it a lot. I think it's been really fun. I have Pokemon in my party that I, previous to this game, had never even heard of. I'm being a much more adventurous with my party than I have been in the, in the past. Um, what are you rolling with, Mark? Oh, man. I couldn't even, I don't even know the names Just of them. Just describe okay, them very right. clumsily. So like, <laughs> oh, I, that I can definitely kind of do, I think. I don't know. Um, all right. How so, many Pokemon are in a party? Yeah. Six? <laughs> I have a Thwacky. Seven? Yeah. Right? right. I still mm-hmm. have a Thwacky. Um, he hasn't leveled up past that yet. Um, I have like a, it's like a, a, a cart full of charcoal. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh-huh. I, I've had the chart full of charcoal. Yeah. Char- <laughs> what did I say? Cart full of charcoal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's He's see. like on fire. I have something that looks kind of like a, um, one of those like punching bags that you, uh, that are like weighted at the bottom. Um, Is it a diglet? No, 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 no. Okay. It's not a diglet. It's uh, just kind of, I don't know, it's like blue and it has a black tail that you can't really see. It like hides it sometimes. It's like a wall. I'm going to say a, uh, a wall burger. That's not right, but it's like something like that. So sure you got a wall burger. Um, I have like a, a ty- uh, what a, like I have two turtle things. I have uh-huh. a like choodle, I think they're called. Yeah, they're choodle. like hideous. So one is so scary. The other one is like this um, other, it looks like a playground equipment. It's red and yellow Ooh. and has like um, kind of like goofy dinosaur ish or like turtle legs and like a head coming out the front. You get the idea. I'm yeah, enjoying you, it. Hey, you got Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving it. Um, uh, so I do feel like one thing that I don't understand is the distinction because I'm pretty sure there is a distinction between Dynamaxing. And Gigantamax. Here's the thing: no one knows. You can do one of them in uh, the trainer battles, like right. the uh, the uh, gym, the gym battles. Yeah. Um, but which one that is, and which one that isn't, I don't know. Well, and, and then a- you do the other one in in the max raid battles, right? Right. So maybe like Dynamaxing is when you turn a Pokemon into its Gigantamax form. I will I don't think never right. figure this out. Um, I think the verb goes with the adjective, right? I mean, sure. Okay. Uh, the other thing that I don't understand is I keep buying uniforms for like the different gyms. Yeah. Like, I liked I liked the por- poison uniform, so okay. I was like, I am going to spend money to buy this. I don't know how to wear it. Can I wear it? I because th- anytime I go into a gym yeah. and I am like about to do the trial, they're like, go put on your uniform, and I keep expecting to be able to choose which uniform I put on, but I don't. I always get like the standard ugly one. Oh, that's interesting. I don't, I, because I realized that it was just like the uniforms uh, that I, I, I thought it was just specific to the gyms yeah. like, that you would buy it and then you could wear them in the gyms. I was like, that's so little of the game. I mean, as far as I can tell, you buy them and then nothing happens. Yeah. I'm uh, still really enjoying it. Right, I great. like Pokemon Shield a lot. Uh, I've also been playing Super Mario World. It's always a struggle when I turn on my Switch, mm-hmm. be, um, choosing between Super Mario World and Pokemon Shield because I'm enjoying both games. And as much as I'm enjoying Pokemon, like, Super Mario World is just kind of the perfect game. Yeah. Uh, where are you in it right now? Uh, I'm kind of bouncing. Okay, so I just did the, uh, for the, like, Forbidden Forest, like the... Um, yeah, Mysterious Forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Mysterious Forest. But I'm also have done, By the way, like, I said Mysterious Forest really confidently. I don't know that that's actually what it's called. It's like the Forest of Illusion. There you go. That is exactly what it is. Yes. And, uh... So, but I've also been doing like the Star Road part of it. Yeah. And then I just, uh, in the Forest of Illusion you, is where you get the blue 
switch to do the blue blocks, which means you can get from the Star World to like the special world where everything yeah. is named very 90s names. Yeah. Like tubular. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So th- now I'm uh, like, I'm up there and uh, I'm not good enough right now to do all of those levels. They're hard. And so I. Those levels are genuinely hard. So I need to go back and like, I'm, you know, I'm pretty close to the end at this point. The for- um, and but I need to just like keep pushing forward to like brush up on my skills. Uh, all right. Well, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. All right. The day is here, December 10th. Shovel Knight Treasure Trove is being re-released because yes. you're getting Shovel Knight Showdown, which is a brand new game, and then Shovel Knight King of Cards, which is an expansion for, or I guess a new campaign in the original Shovel Knight game. Yep. I'm very excited for all of this. Uh, the t- two Shovel Knight, two of the Shovel Knight campaigns were like my among my favorite games of all time. Um, I, I don't know for sure whether King of Cards is going to exactly be exactly what I want. Um, but it's more Shovel Knight. So like I'm there for it and I'm very excited to give it a whirl. Uh, on a previous episode, we had talked about uh, that I still had the Shovel Knight Amiibo pre-ordered. Right, because they're also coming out today. They're also coming out today. Um, and I got an email from Best Buy saying, hey, the credit card that you have on file has expired, which makes sense because I placed the order like a year and a half ago. <laughs> Uh, and they were like, update your credit card information or we're going to cancel your order. And I didn't update my credit card information. So I'm not getting the Wow, email. yeah. No, you really like left it up to the universe and Jesus took that wheel and, yep. you know, like didn't and canceled your credit card. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, Call of Juarez Gunslinger, the, re- uh, I guess, like remaster is also released on Switch today. Mm-hmm. And then on the 12th, we are getting new games for the NES Switch Online and the SNES Switch Online. Uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it and, is cool. Uh, I, I think we had all gotten to a point where we, um, because it was a, in September, right, when that the Super Nintendo came out. I think so. Yeah. Um, and at that point, we were kind of like, okay, they're not going to update this thing. Yeah, for I mean, a while. they like straight up told us that these games we're not going to update it on a monthly basis anymore. Which I think at that point we were just like, oh, it's probably this is probably it. Yeah, um, but the fact that we are getting uh, two new uh, NES games and four new Super NES games uh, is kind of a big deal. Yeah, also interesting that they chose not to meter them out and just to be like, here they are. Yeah. So the NES Switch Online is getting Journey to Silius? Silius? I don't know. I've never heard of this game. And then also Crystallis, which uh, is like a cult favorite RPG. And then for the SNES Switch Online, we get Star Fox 2. Which, again, I mean, just to uh, highlight here, is a game that never came out. We take for granted that yeah. Star Fox 2 is, walks among us, but yeah, um, it's just crazy how casually they're just like, also, Star Fox 2 is a thing now. Yeah, it, it, I mean, we, I, this is one of my favorite facts about Nintendo from the year that the uh, uh, Super NES uh mini or classic edition came out um is that it and um star fox zero and star fox guard all came out within a year of each other that means we got three star fox games in one year so like it's weird man super punch out Mm -hmm. and kirby superstar which i'm so excited about i love that game and then breath of fire 2 all of those are coming to the snes switch online um, and Breath of Fire 2 is like a full RPG. It yeah. is like, it is a full-throated, like it is a, you can, I, and are the other 
the first one is on um the snes switch online right now oh okay great um but uh, so beyond those two there are, are there other like uh big rpgs from the snes like uh, is earthbound up there i don't remember no earthbound all. isn't on though actually earthbound is on the classic, classic edition. edition i don't I don't think it's on the SNES Switch Online. And Final Fantasy 3 definitely isn't. Right, and like Chrono Trigger isn't either. Right, right, right. Um, but no, it's interesting. I, th- Especially on the SNES side, they seem to be mostly like checking the boxes on what was released in the Classic Edition. Yeah. Um, with some exceptions. And then, although still missing Donkey Kong Country, which I'm hoping will come at some point. Yeah. I, 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 come on, Donkey Kong Country, all three of them should be up there. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Put them up, put them up. And then on Friday, December 13th, uh, Event Horizon Space Defense is released. And the reason I'm calling this out because I was like, oh, Event Horizon, I wonder if this is based on the movie. And it is, in fact, in the Event Horizon universe. Wow. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I liked, liked that movie. Yeah, I don't know. To, to some extent. I feel like it just continues to exist like eventually we're going to get another chronicles of riddick game or movie or something oh yeah riddick's never going away man we are going to get riddick from now until forever and it's because there was like one it's because pitch black was a good movie and, and there was one like g- good game yes right Escape from Butcher so, Bay. Yeah, yeah so like f- forever now yep. we're going to at least people are going to threaten to make a new like riddick thing I mean, maybe we shouldn't uh, tease too much. Alien Isolation just came out last week. Like, that's another of, like, there were two good alien movies once upon a time, and now we just keep putting out new alien <laughs> yeah, stuff no, forever. Could, totally true. Um, all right. Uh, let's, uh, let's close out this segment. Now it's time for a regular segment on the show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Today, we are going to be talking about the original Baskin-Robbins 31 flavors. Uh, And at first, we were like... Let's rank them, but then we realize 31 is a lot to rank in four and a half minutes. Yeah, especially because I, you know, how many of these have we actually tasted? I mean, who, who's who's to say? But we we have a, a list here of the original 31 flavors. Uh, so maybe we're we're gonna talk about each one from 1945. That is a very important 1945 point. Yeah. flavor barely existed. That's right. Most of the time, it was being rationed. Yes. And here's the thing, is because Baskin-Robbins was advertising 31 flavors, because everyone else was like, we have one flavor. So here we go. Yeah, first on the list, banana nut fudge. I mean, okay. It sounds a little complicated, doesn't it? It sounds it's complicated. Banana. It sounds it's nut. heavy, it's, too. Yes. Because, um, I, I, you know, I like a chocolate ice cream, but I li- like a light chocolate ice cream. I don't think I need fudge. No, fudge is a lot. Also, to be combining it with banana makes me think the whole thing is just going to be a mess. Black walnut. Pass. Hard pass. <laughs> First, gross is an ice cream flavor. Yeah. Two, do you think it's black because it's rotten? Do you think it's because they were like, you know, they have to be conservatives? So they're like, these are the bad walnuts. I mean, my assumption was that it, uh, my brain jumped immediately to, no, this is black cherry and walnut. Oh, uh-huh. Even though that is not <laughs> indicated in the text at all. <laughs> I think that is not true because the next flavor is burgundy cherry. Okay. All right. I like the name. Me too. Yeah. Uh, does that imply that there's like a booziness to it? 
I don't know. To me, it's like um, if it's like a color that I would want like drapes in. Sure. You know, if I was shopping for drapes, I absolutely want burgundy cherry. All right. We're going to have to pick up the pace. If we're going to get through all we're of these. We're not going to get through all, right, all of butterscotch them. Butterscotch ribbon. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. A plus. That's a great one. <laughs> cherry macaroon. Oh, sure. All right. Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, I don't think we have enough cherry ice creams in our, because like, I don't, well, yeah. maybe even cherry as a flavor we don't really engage with. Uh, chocolate. Solid. Got it. Chocolate almond. Okay. Also fine. Chocolate chip. Yeah, why not? Chocolate fudge. Mm, you know, what's the difference between banana? I mean, obviously the banana and the nut. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, chocolate mint. Great. Chocolate Perennial. mint is good. Uh, I mean, if is it like a, a mint with chocolate chips in it? Or is it just like chocolate and chippiness, like, or chocolate and mintness, like, ribbon Oh, sure. Is it together? mostly chocolate? Yeah. What's like, the primary yes, here? Un, yeah. Difficult un, to know. Unknown. Chocolate ribbon. Yeah, lay it on me, man. <laughs> ribbon, ribbon's ahoy. Uh, that's uh, I'll, I'll take any any ice cream with a ribbon. Here's in it. an one. Coffee. Yeah. And coffee candy. Two distinct flavors, which feels like a cheat. You know, you could have stopped at thirty. Nobody would have, you know, accused you of scrimping. Uh, I'm gonna say coffee. Yes, coffee candy. No. Date nut. Okay. Hard pass yeah. on date nut. I don't know what that is. There's just no way. My brain thinks it's that uh, Steve Carell, Tina Fey movie. <laughs> I know it's not, but that's what my brain thinks. Eggnog. Year-round eggnog. <laughs> it was a different time. It was a different time. Um, French vanilla. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great. Love it. Uh, green mint stick. No, pass. hard pass on this. Green mint stick. <laughs> Do you think stick. green mint is a flavor and stick, stick is, is another, another flavor? flavor. Yeah, it's it got ribbons yep. of stick. Different time. Uh, lemon crisp. Actually... That sounds delightful to me. Uh, here's the thing, though. There are two mo- more lemon flavors that follow. Lemon custard and uh, le- lemon sherbet. And I think both of them are would be better than lemon crisp. Oh, interesting. Because I, I think of lemon crisp as almost of like um, a gelato. Having mm. a, like a really tart tartiness. Do you think there is a crispy bit in it that is lemony? Well, I mean, you have all these sticks from Green Mint Stick. Like what lemony else are you going to do? Lemony crisp bits? Maple nut? No, pass. Uh, orange sherbet, uh, fine. Yeah, fine. Peach, you do not see very many peach ice cream. You do not see peach ice cream, and I don't think I would want to. Um, peppermint fudge ribbon, yeah, uh, sure. I mean, again, give me anything with a ribbon. Um, peppermint stick, to dis- d- distinct from green mint stick. Yes, but I, I do think mint and peppermint are they two are, different. They flavors. are different, but they're both being derived from sticks. <laughs> uh, pineapple sherbet. Uh, yeah, fine. It yeah. seems like it's gonna be too sweet. Um, raspberry sherbet. Uh, same complaint. Rocky Road. Rocky Road is an all-time great flavor. Mark is shaking his head. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm like shaking my head as in like Rocky. How did, how did Rocky Road not always exist? Yeah, I mean, for all I know, it has. It's the finest form mm-hmm. of ice cream. That's right. Um, strawberry. I l- like a strawberry ice cream. Me too. A strawberry ice cream, even though it is one of like the like three Neapolitan flavors, like is one of the like basics. I think is a very good solid ice cream. There's also vanilla uh, and vanilla burnt almond, which I have to get out because that actually kind of sounds pretty good. Yeah, I, I would definitely care for that uh, vanilla burnt almond. Uh, okay, we were accompanied today by the Eichanger Jorvik Musiklag. All right, let's get into the news. Nintendo is holding another Indie World Showcase today. 
which hey. is pretty exciting. Um, it starts at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So on December 10th, which is today. So it pro- maybe already happened by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, maybe. Um, we will talk about all that stuff next week. Yeah. Uh, another thing we'll talk about next week is the Game Awards. They're happening this Thursday at 5.30 Pacific time. Uh, so yeah, every, uh, you know, Nintendo drops something every year. It's never, I was going to say it's never anything big, but I guess sometimes it is kind of yeah. big. Um, and Reggie is going mm-hmm. to be there this he's, year. Right. But as a presenter, he's not right, like, right. 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 Not in any official capacity. I think he's just really enjoying his victory lap. Oh yeah. Right now, which like good for him. Yeah, good for you, Reggie. Uh, Mark and I already have a million-dollar bet on the line. I want to uh, jog everyone's memories. Um, I think that we are going to see the fifth Smash Brothers DLC character. Mark's, Mark thinks that we're going to get a trailer for Breath of the Wild 2. What do you think no, we're going to no, see? No, 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 no. Mine was uh, Metroid Prime Trilogy. Are you sure? Yeah, I am. All right, someone go back and check <laughs> check the tape. I, I am pretty confident. I thought you made a bolder bet than that. No. All right. <laughs> I'm a coward. Do we have any other predictions or expectations, uh, you know, million-dollar bets notwithstanding? Hmm. I think it's probably... Well, actually, I was going to say it's probably time for us to see Bayonetta 3, but f- from what we have, or what has been rumored anyway, that game has maybe had a little bit of a tough development. Yeah, so, well, and we're also seeing Bayonetta, um, like a Bayonetta remaster coming out on like Xbox or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I wonder if uh, Platinum is just sort of like putting their energies in, in different places at the moment, and uh, Bayonetta 3 is just like an eventually kind of thing. Yeah, and I feel like if we get those those two announcements, that would be pretty big for like a not Nintendo focused show. Yeah, totally. And especially when we're getting this Indie World Showcase today right that another two days later like get two pieces of even just one of them uh of like triple a nintendo news uh that that's pretty good that's a pretty spectacular week yeah so i guess i don't really expect to see anything else out of it necessarily super metroid remake on the stage (laughs) uh the nintendo switch officially launched launched in china today so last week tencent and nintendo announced a december 10th launch date for 2,099 yuan. Uh, that's about $300. And the console comes bundled with new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. Hey, that's a, that's a pretty good like starter game. Yeah, we also got some more information about like how the like Switch will be handled in China. Um, so games will cost 299 yuan, which is about $42. Which, you know, sounds low. Uh, you know, we're used to spending $60 on games. Is that, uh, how do you think that's going to do, like, in the China market? Like, aren't they a little bit more mobile forward, right? Um, yeah, and uh, they're, like, obviously their, uh, like, buying power isn't as much, yeah. um, generally speaking. Uh, but uh, from what I was reading, that like the three hundred dollar price point and like the uh, like forty two dollar price for games puts it in about where like the gray market is because you can get Switch games and Switch consoles in China even though it wasn't officially released there, but you know it was people importing them. Yeah, and uh, so I, this seems to put it like right in that range. Okay, cool. Um. So, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is the first uh, Nintendo game and the only one right now that has been approved for sale in the country, but others are coming soon. 
Uh, Super Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Super Mario Odyssey can both be pre-ordered right now. Uh, interestingly, like I believe the games are only available in the eShop currently. Interesting. And that like physical releases will start happening in January. So uh, the uh, Switches are still region-free, right? Uh, I think they are region-free, but in China... So all the servers are hosted by Tencent in China. Mm. And uh, my understanding is that they... So I guess actually, no, probably in China, you would say it's not region free. Like online play is restricted to being in China. Okay. And the eShop is region locked in a way that I don't believe it is in other countries. But I mean, that would arguably mean that it is region locked for people outside of China, too, that we wouldn't be able to get like the China versions of those games. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, uh, Let's see. The eShop accepts WeChat pay which is um a like by far and away the most popular form to pay for anything in the country. Um games developed in China including indie games are coming to the system. Nintendo and Tencent are working with Chinese developers to bring games to Switch including uh Tencent's own Next Studio which develops like AAA sized games. So this seems like a really big partnership um that you know this is Obviously, the investment community is really excited about it. Yeah. But it's interesting to see Nintendo partner with like a uh, local Chinese company and not just a Chinese company, but like a Chinese mega Mega corporation. Uh, And to see how like that partnership plays out in the coming years will be really interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, a while back, gosh, probably about a, has it been a year? There was a lot of excitement around the idea of like crossplay because. Things like Rocket League and other games were starting Fortnite. to like Fortnite were starting to support it. Um, PlayStation was has always kind of been like outside of that conversation for a lot of things because of uh, Sony's like stance on it. But we've been seeing like more and more entries in games where you can play, uh, you know, between the PS4 and Switch and Xbox One. There's a new entry in Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft players on Switch and Xbox One have already been able to cross play with each other. But uh, again, starting today, they'll be able to connect with uh, PS4 users as well because the Bedrock Edition is released for that platform today. Uh, which is good because, you know, Minecraft is a lot about, uh, you know, who you're playing with and like the worlds that you're playing in together. Um, I-, I wonder how much further, like, what other barriers Minecraft has to knock down at this point? Right, like, it's it's a, a you know really widely uh, distributed game and it's cross play now across like everything. Um, and you know just a couple months ago they um, announced that the like updated graphics pack for it was canceled. Um, it was like a a four K uh, graphics oh, pack. Interesting, like the super duper. It had like a funny name, right? Um, and so they they canceled that. Um, and so it seems like. I mean, Minecraft is still one of, like, the best-selling games um, on, like, NPD every month. Yeah, and I think it was the, like, most streamed game of 2019. Yeah, so, like, I mean, maybe it's a game that simply doesn't need to, you know, introduce new features or anything, and people are just going to uh, continue playing it anyway. Right, or or at least they can, like, slow down the rate at which they're doing it. Um, Also, kind of, like, tangentially related, just the idea of, like, Sony opening up a little bit more. So it was announced uh, yesterday that MLB the show which is the like the uh best baseball game you can get really the only baseball game that exists yeah. on consoles uh 
is Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. <laughs> so MLB The Show previously has been a, like, it's developed by a Sony studio in San Diego that is owned by, wholly owned by Sony. And uh, MLB and, or Major League Baseball and Sony announced today that starting as early as 2021, it's MLB The Show is going multi-platform. Oh, that's interesting. And both Xbox and Switch retwe- like retweeted it. So I wonder, I wonder if maybe Sony is beginning to look at the gaming market a little bit more like Microsoft has been aggressively, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, we can put like some of our properties make sense on other platforms and we can leverage that as a way to just like expand our reach. Yeah. Well, I wonder if there's anything that, uh, and this is where kind of like venturing outside of Nintendo here for a little bit, but, um, you know, the... The last change in generation um, favored Sony so heavily that uh, people who had uh, played most of their games on Xbox 360 came over to PlayStation 4, um, whether it's just for like a change of pace or like the uh, the um, releases on PlayStation 3 at the end of the life cycle were so cool and like so good that like the narrative just changed from people playing Xbox to playing PlayStation and we're on the verge of another one of those shifts. Um, and at this point, we don't know which way it's going to go. Right. And I think Microsoft has been playing the game really smartly. Like I think Game Pass is something that really like can potentially lock you into the Microsoft ecosystem Yeah, in a way that, you know, there wasn't any really any of that on Xbox One. Or right. excuse me, on the 360, on the 360. or the Xbox One. Um, but like ecos- ecosystem, shmiko shmishdom, um, you can play Ori in the Blind Forest. You can play, um, you know, all, all these other... Uh, I mean, Minecraft. Yeah, you can play all of these Microsoft games or games that were originally um, Xbox exclusives on other platforms now. And, you know, like what is the detriment to Microsoft? Uh, you know... Yeah, seemingly none so far. Seemingly none. I, I also wonder if how much of this was like an ML, uh, Major League Baseball like business decision, yeah. you know, because because yeah, what other like major sports franchise? Right, it's very limiting, you, right? Yeah. If you are trying to just grow your brand or like keep your brand at front of mind for people, it doesn't really make sense to yeah. limit the biggest baseball game to a single platform. Yeah, I mean, like Madden or FIFA, those aren't going to restrict themselves to just uh, Xbox for some reason, you know? Right, they're gonna they're gonna be on as many systems as can play them. In celebration of Donkey Kong 64th 20th anniversary, Games Radar ran an, so I guess it came out 5 years after Donkey Kong Country which we just celebrated Donkey Kong Country's 25th anniversary. Yeah, which is something I was also going to point out and is a, a little bit strange that seems really fast, right? Yeah. Because Donkey Kong Country came out and then the next year DKC2 and then DKC3 came out the year after that, like they were one on top of each other. And then one year off, and then sixty four. But do, I mean, does the timing of that make sense though? Because three was kind of, uh, you know, whatever you're feeling on the quality of the game, three was developed, I think, pretty much by like the B team, or you know, mm-hmm. not. So I wonder if the A team at that point had moved on to the N sixty four. That's a great point. Um, also, just think how much like, f- like, more iterative game development was back then, where yeah. you could just turn around a sequel in a year and have it be such like a different experience. Also, there was a Banjo-Kazooie game in there too. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yes, 20th anniversary of Donkey Kong 64. And GoldenEye? What was Rare doing <laughs> in the 90s? Uh, Games Radar ran an interview with the game's creative leads, including creative director George Andreas. As part of the interview, Andreas recalled one particularly memorable experience 
where uh, when he was showing off the game to Shigeru Miyamoto, Satoru Iwata, and Howard Lincoln, who was head of Nintendo of America at the time. That's a formidable trio. Yeah, that is, that is a too. scary set of dudes. Um, Howard Lincoln, of course, the uh, inspiration for Howard of Howard and Nestor, the comic strip inside Nintendo Power. Uh, and so th- this is uh, on a quote from Andres. Miyamoto-san, Awada-san, and Howard Lincoln um, came to our new studio. We switched on the game. They saw the rap. And then I started running, ar- and then I started running around as DK. I swung on some vines, collected bananas, and they were re- beginning to really smile. And then I pressed the button to pull out the gun. It wasn't a textured gun that you might expect, but a realistic shotgun with bullets flying out and with horrifying sound effects. You get so used to things being in development, even if it is a placeholder, and I completely forgot that it was in there. I'm shooting beavers, turn to my side, and I see this look of horror on Miyamoto's face. Then he smiled, and taking some paper and a pencil, drew a coconut gun in front of us. It had leaves on it, and he handed it to me. I looked at it and said, oh yeah, that's cool. We'll put that in. And that coconut gun was put in after that. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a real chicken and the egg uh, thing for me because he says, we switched on the game, they saw the rap, and then I started running around. We know that part of the rap is his coconut gun can fire in spurts. If he shoots ya, it's gonna hurt. So what what came first here, Mark? Yeah, I mean- The rap or the coconut Maybe gun? he's misremembering. Or maybe the, the line in the rap was originally like- His shotgun. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. If he shoots you, it's gonna hurt. I mean, there is no lie in that rhyme. No, that's all true. Um, It's a really fun interview. And they talk about, uh, like, Grant Kirkhold, who wrote the DK rap, talks about it, and uh, just, like, covers other parts of development. It's really worth your time reading it. You can... I know you know how to do this, but I'm just reiterating. It's Games Radar, Donkey Kong 64. If you Google that, it'll come up. Uh, Nintendo is offering a 50% discount on the NES controllers for Switch. Wow. So these are the ones that uh, you can like slide into the rails on your Switch, and that's how they charge. Yeah, it makes so it has really big ears. Yeah, they're otherwise Bluetooth. Um, they were released last year along with the launch of Nintendo Switch Online. and um, But from now until January 10th in the U.S., you can get a pair for 30 bucks versus the normal 60 uh, which is both a good deal and probably the appropriate price for them. Totally. Because uh, I, I don't know about you, Mark, but I've gotten extremely limited usage out of them. Oh, uh, mine are still in their box. Perfect. Um, so you still have to be a Nintendo Switch Online subscriber in order to purchase them. And it still can't be during a trial period. Right. Um, but Nintendo's holding the sale to celebrate 50 NES games on NES Switch Online. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, SNES controllers remain out of stock. Nintendo advises fans to, quote, check back for more news in January 2020, um, which I know I'll do. I yeah. D- ex- again, I don't really expect to get use out of it. I would probably just buy the one, but um, I just really want to have one. Man, a super NES controller, that thing just feels right in my hands. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 has been announced for Switch. It's a uh, Falcom-developed series. That's previously been a PlayStation uh, and PC exclusive. And uh, NIS America is bringing the game to Switch like they did with Ease 8 yeah, last I year. Um, the game has kind or 
Ease 8 kind of had like a bumpy release. If you remember, the localization was a little wonky and it took them a number of patches to make things right. Um, but this is a series that I'm interested in on reputation only. I hear Nadia Oxford talk about it on US Gamers X of the Blood God mm-hmm. RPG podcast. And uh, there's just something that seems really like comforting and romantic about it. Like, I love the idea that it's all takes place you know, in, like, a universe where, like, trains are a big thing. I don't Ooh. know. There's, like, something really, like, cool about that to me. I've always found now, that kind you, of, like... but you are a notorious... Um, Spirit Tracks hater? Spirit Tracks hater, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a bad game, but... But it uh, has trains in it. <laughs> it does have trains in it. And I it's don't got, know. like, cute, old-timey, like, cartoon <laughs> trains. And it's yeah. got that piece of music that we're probably going to be talking about on our Thursday episode. Right. I mean, look, I don't hate the train, you know... In isolation, uh, okay, in spirit right. tracks. Um, but I don't know. I think maybe not growing up in a country that where like the railroad has ever been like a really big thing. Like the idea of being able to take the train places is so romantic to me. Right. I mean, Mark and I are not 1920s hobos uh, riding the rails and eat, you know slicing one bean uh, and sharing it around <laughs> a, a burning uh, no, garbage we were just, can. We were born out of time. That's right. Uh, finally. Mario Kart Tour was the most downloaded free game in the Apple App Store in 2019, which kind of blows my mind. Yeah, that is another one that I feel like I don't know, I don't hear people talking about it, except for you when uh, when you mention it. Are you still like logging on every day to just occasionally? Not not every day, um, but I do occasionally, uh, and to see what like the new um, cup is and all that kind of stuff. So it beat out games like Fortnite and Call of Duty. Which seems, yeah, it just seems crazy to me. But I guess it is one of those things where every, everybody is so familiar with Mario Kart. Yeah. That um, it makes, especially since, you know, it's free, it makes so much sense to just check it out, if nothing else. Yeah. So that's it. Fortnite and Call of Duty are over. Over. They're over. You've been beaten by Mario Kart. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, If you like this episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. On Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. You can also check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8BitBetty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers reminding you that it is a coconut gun and not a realistic shotgun. And thanks for listening. Hi folks, Sean Watkins here. I'm here to tell you about my podcast slash album called This Is Who We Are. That's right, it's a podcast and a record, all rolled into one. Each episode features one song off the record paired up with a conversation with a guest who is related to that song in some way. Guests include Jackson Brown, Inara George, Kate Micucci, and the conversations aren't about these songs specifically. The songs just serve as sort of a topical springboard that hopefully will lend a little context to this new album of mine. Sort of like a modern-day version of liner notes, only much more personal. The podcast and the album are both called This Is Who We Are. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts.